Welcome to The Truth in His Art, Beyond, and we're back in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm excited to be in conversation with my next guest, a Philadelphia-based freelance model and photojournalist with more than a decade's worth of experience in photo shoots, runway shows, and music videos. Please welcome Alana Rosa Edwards. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It's a joy. And, and the crowd goes wild, you know. <laughs> That's total to it. Um, so, you know, thank you again for for making the time because, you know, getting it's like this this John Mulaney joke, getting people to do things when people can choose not to do things is always a hassle. So I definitely appreciate the time. And I want to start off by um, giving you the space to, um, you know, tell us about your background. Like, you know, how has that background influenced your work? What are some of the things you were into growing up? And maybe some of those like bullet points that maybe shape what you do today. Okay. Um, I definitely appreciate that deep delve um, going back in the day. Um, so I am 31 years old. I currently live in Philly, but I grew up in New York City. I moved to Philly about five years ago. And before that, I would definitely say I'm a true New Yorker. I love creativity. I love um, being open-minded. I love connecting with people. So um my first 25 years, let's put it that way, um, I definitely was um, a ESP kid, the special arts class, you know, like the advanced class and not the not the tout on nobody. But as my mother loves to recall, you know, I was reading the newspaper at three years old. <laughs> I love to read. That was something that like you can't take away from me. And I don't read as much as I used to, but um I definitely read a lot of heavy literature. I definitely was that kid when it was time to do the uh, the book fairs and you know you have that summer reading list and who could read the most and you get a prize. That was me. So when I wasn't reading, um, I definitely was always into the arts. I was into drawing, I was into storytelling. Um, and then I got involved into music and the arts. Um, I started out tap dancing. I used to be in the school bands. I used to play the orchestra bells. Nice. So um, that's something that I was really passionate about. And I took that into high school on their um, school team. Shout out to Aquinas in the Bronx. You know, we no longer here, but at the same time, we did our due diligence and um, I love music. I love the arts. And that's kind of what shaped me into what I do today, both photography and modeling. I started out behind the scenes and then I got into the desire to be in front of the scenes. So that multifaceted part of myself, um, that all just makes it into who I am today, because without that foundation, without being curious, I don't think that I would have been able to find what truly interests me even through all the years and, you know, all the ups and downs that shape what you do. Thank you. Wow. That's, um, that's really cool because, and, and also you knocked out two questions right there. So shout out to you, multitasker, being an overachiever. Um, I mean, like it wasn't on purpose. It just, it just naturally happens, you know, multitask. They say you got to be the type of walk and chew gum. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't do either. I can't do either. Actually, I just kind of stumble, and then a bubble comes out. It's it's weird. It's weird. Um, 
but but I will say I, I think it's really something super interesting in what you were saying earlier, just kind of you know growing up and being around it, having an interest in like arts macroly speaking because I find it's something about you know, and I can see it in doing this podcast. You know, you talk to people and you learn about so many different influences and different styles of art and different styles of creativity that you're like, hey, maybe I'll tap into this a little bit. Maybe I'll try this out. Maybe I'll see what this is. And I think those sorts of conversations and ultimately these podcasts are conversations. It's an invitation really to delve deeper into the guest work, but also to what type of work that they're doing you know, their specific work, but also like, what are you doing? Let me, let me check into um, photojournalism. Let me check into photography. Let me check into uh, um, modeling. And, you know, it's a, it's a higher level of interest there. Yeah. In order to wear different hats, you know, you have to have the interest first and um, it's not always easy. You know, one of the things too, is that you get ridiculed for it. I think sometimes people don't like overachievers and not to say that you do it on purpose, but sometimes these things just naturally happen and, you know, curiosity sometimes kills the cat. <laughs> it yeah. does. I mean, to, to, an ex, to an extent, you know, because somebody, well, okay, I'm going to say the arts world to an extent. They always want somebody who fits into a box and you do one thing. You put a label on one thing. But then what about those people who are Jack and Jill of all trades? You know, they like to down that phrase with master of none. Yeah. And I think that's wrong, too, because if you take your time and you actually do delve into some of the subjects that you actually enjoy, then you are a master of some. It's it's a thing. It's, it's, a, it's funny because like that quote, I think it's always the partial quote because, you know, like I've been really interested in like cultural preservation and really going deep on things. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we hear the whole, you know, Jack of all trades, master of none. And then it's another part of it, I believe, that's like, but that is better than a master of one. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, it's very interesting. And, you know, for me, like I'm always super interested to talk to anyone about what their work is. But I find if I talk to someone who's like, a polymath or even a polyglot like you know multiple languages you know multiple disciplines or someone who's a multi-instrumentalist i'm like how do you think you know like you're doing multiple things and doing them well and even in doing this because there's a it might be a color thing attached to it but mm -hmm. it's, oh you need to stay in your lane you should do this barbershop style podcast don't be talking to people about their work who wants to hear that right <laughs> And then and then you think about what's deeper than the surface. We didn't talk about everything. It's like, ah, see, we went back in the circle. <laughs> right. So you talk to me about like when photography became like a passion and an interest for you. Like how did it begin? How did you like evolve from sort of that introductory interest to doing it as a professional? Well, uh, you know, growing up in the 90s and 2000s, we were definitely disposable camera kids. I definitely loved when my grandma gave me my disposable cameras and, um, you know, we went on trips or even, you know, when I went to summer camp and I took photos with friends, these are things I could look back at now. And I never knew that it would really blossom into this. When um, I really started taking seriously was in college. Um, I will say that it wasn't the first arts form that came to me. I originally wanted to be a director, definitely wanted to direct, wanted to be a Scorsese. I wanted to be a Spielberg. Like I wanted to be out here making big budget, but there's a lot that comes with it. 
And a lot of people think it's just as easy as picking up a camera and documenting what you see. And I mean, it starts like that. But after a while, you have to really be methodical with what you produce, what you're showing, you know, really going with a story. And not that it was hard, but I didn't fall in love with it as I anticipated. Um, Then the next part of this development was I wanted to be, like I said, in front of the camera. So I wanted to act because these are all parts of me, too. I'm a character. So I wanted to embrace that part of me. And again, going back to a historic, you know, Spielberg, you know, I wanted to be like Leonardo out here. I wanted to, you know, Angelina Jolie. Like I wanted to recite those lines being the biggest action movies. (laughs) I wanted to do it. Then I realized it's a lot to commit. Commit doing time, um, to commit in your time, commit in your lines, commit in being present and actually toning out everything else that's going on with the world so you can concentrate on being your actor and even being like a method actor. Sure. These are people who like really delve down into the characters and live like hermits, like Jim Carrey, you know, they get in there. Yeah. And that's really some dedication. And I wasn't 100% sure that I wanted to be dedicated to that. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I did know I wanted to do something in the arts. So I went back to my writing side and I said, okay, well, I can always be a screenwriter since I love to write. And I have that that mind in thought. But then the next aspect of it was just doing the photography. Because photography is not like videography where, you know, it takes... Eight hours, eight hours of footage for 30 seconds or a minute. Mm. That's very tedious. Yeah. So, you know, photography can be tedious too, but it's only what you make it. It's only what you promise and it's only what you choose to deliver. So mm. that being said, I like the fact that you can have vintage looking photography like my Polaroids or like the disposable cameras, or you could choose to be very high end and very, commercial and you know you can do those eight hours of editing on one photo too but that's what you choose and then there's people who just i flicked it this is it yeah and i don't think there's anything wrong with that because all of those tell a story what you choose and you just have to choose whether it's for yourself whether it's for a client that is selling or Mm -hmm. just for a client who wants to capture memory and I think that's part of my favorite people who want to capture memories and businesses who want to tell a story. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's, that's great. It makes sense to kind of talking about like, all right, you know, try this out. That really wasn't for you and knowing who you are, you know, that's a piece of it where, you know, like I have a, I think there are skills that I've boosted in doing this like i've increased it's like oh people tell me like oh you're very patient i was like mm, you have no idea <laughs> before the mics come on ah! but once the mics come on it's like hey man everything's cool man it's relaxed yeah and you see you developed into that and i think that's kind of the full circle moment for me now because yes my focus is photography and photojournalism to be specific yeah. but there are times when for clients, I do have to take out my phone and I do have to do a little video. Or I choose to do it because I see a scene that I really like and I want to capture it or I want to capture it in my own way 
without stepping on someone else's toes. That makes sense. So what would you say, and I, cause I had two bullet points with the, uh, the, the as far as photojournalism goes, mm-hmm. what would you say like, is like the main skill that you rely on and, 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 and don't do the thing that some people are like, well, obviously talent and, you know, having a camera, but what, what would you say that that main skill is that you rely on that makes you good at what you do? Is it the eye? Is it your sense around lighting? Is it like knowing when to capture a moment? Talk to me about that. Um, I think it's using discernment in certain situations. Um, there are times when I may be the only female on set aside of the subject. So when it comes to modeling or um, product photography that may involve a small crew, there are times when I may have to step up and say, well, this is my perspective as a female. Let me show you something different because the person may not be comfortable or um, they're not exactly like what you're trying to say is not exactly translating. So let me try to translate it for you so maybe they can understand more. So I would say also just being situational, you know, being observant. Mm -hmm. A lot of my shots come from being a fly on the wall. A lot of my shots come from possibly even second shooting. When there is a main photographer and they are capturing the main points of the event, say like a wedding or a panelist event, I'll catch like those behind the scenes photos or those unexpected ones during the reception where, hey, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, you didn't. (laughs) <laughs> and I like that unexpected part of it because I don't like to put pressure on people. But there are times when, you know, you have to stay um, true to your client's wishes. Mm-hmm. And if they say, get everybody, I have to tell, I have to tell you, I need my one photo, please. Let's right. be cooperative. And nine times out of 10, if I ask them nicely, they'll do it because they're there for the person and they use their own discernment. I came, I showed up, I dressed up. <laughs> what, what, what is that that one thing that you look for when you're looking at a photo, whether it's, you know, appreciating a photo as a person that views it or as a person or as a photographer yourself? What is it that is that that trait that makes a quote unquote good photo? When it tells a story, there are some photos where just the expression in it all tells it. Like I have a photo from 2019 and it was maybe the first season of Prom Offs. And I was very new to the concept of Prom Offs because where I'm from in New York, we don't do Prom Offs. That's not really a thing. I'm gonna describe what that is. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> so like a Prom Off is basically a send off for the person who's going to prom and sometimes they have a huge block party they have like open house people come over you know they cook and this new gen now it's involved uh custom chips custom drinks custom banners um custom dresses and suits and going over and beyond and some of these kids they've been decked out so i've been in the privilege to catch some I want to do more. 
But with that being said, um, part of it is not only capturing the prom child and their date, but also capturing the family who came out. Mm. So I had this one photo where there were children running around in the street and I guess one of the children had fallen. A little boy had fallen and his father came and picked them up. And I just saw the expression and, and the concern and the care in this man's face while picking up his child. And it really gave me, and I did the photo in black and white too, which was really even more intriguing because I just saw it. It just melted when I, and I was just like, the money shot. Yes. Like, <laughs> That's great. That's great. Um, so I want to switch gears a little bit to the bottling portion of today's uh, interview. Um, and I, I think you touched on it, but let's let's be a little bit more resolute in it when, when I asked this one. Um, how does like that background um, and coming from like multiple like like genres, having interest in multiple genres, but also like multiple mediums rather and multiple disciplines, but also like having the photography background serve you as being a person in front of the camera and being a model as well? Well, that happens because I ended up doing an internship in high school and it was actually for a videography company and event plan. So I got that internship through a friend of mine who I was working with in the summer. And he was like, I'm doing this internship. I don't know if you would really be interested, especially since it's not around, but would you be interested? So I stayed open-minded and I was like, yeah, that would be a good opportunity. So fast forward, um, we started shifting gears from just catering to events and small business events to actually being creative on our end. So we started actually doing setups for models and doing model photo shoots. So I wasn't doing the photos at the time. If anything, I was doing set background. So... If anything, I helped put the backdrop up. Um, I helped. Ooh, it's getting kind of windy. Yes, <laughs> um, I helped put the backdrops up. I helped assist the model when it came to changing clothes. I also helped getting actual props for the set, whether it was say an Alice in Wonderland themed event. I would get like the teapots. I would get the nice little spread. I would get you know a couple of items to make it intriguing. So once I saw that you really just need a good team and concept to put everything together and not just the stylized images that you see on billboards, I was like, I can do this. I want to do this. Like, why can't I do this? And that's how we started. That's great. And is there one that comes to mind um, that is like a favorite for you or maybe the first one where you're just like, you know, here's my pose or what have you. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what poses look like. I'm not a poser, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, over the last 10 years, I have taken a lot of photos. I have done a lot of themes. So actually, I will say, so the photo that you see behind me. Mm -hmm. Is a Christmas. I like it. It's, so it's actually kind of recent, and this was taken in Rittenhouse Square Park. So yeah. this is actually one of my favorites because this was a recent editorial that I did, that I planned, and I collaborated with a photographer named Rob Love Photo. Um, got it published in Variety Girls magazine, and 
it really just blended. Yes, it really just blended two of my loves together. And I could not be more appreciative for the opportunities to show all my talent and all my glory. Because sometimes you just want to see a sexy model of a bikini. And then actually you do want to see somebody in a whole outfit and, you know, dressed to the nines. And that bag that you see, yes. I thought it was really intriguing because um, I had did a shoot for someone and they had gifted me this bag. And I said, oh, well, how would you know that I do photography on the side? <laughs> this is perfect. And I get compliments everywhere I go. So, yes. It's a dope shot. It's so cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, like grays, the, 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 the filter, the color, the coloration there, all of that stuff, like just looks crisp. It has this vintage thing. I like the way that light is used. It's a really dope photo. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. The theme was um, photo girl in the city. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so. I got um, one more, well, actually two more real questions, and then I have a lot of rapid fire questions because I've been typing as you've been talking. Uh, so are there any particular tools um, that come to mind that sort of like help you be more creative in your creative work or like in your personal life? Like I find that some people start doing time blocking, right? To keep their schedule on point. And it's like, I need to write 10 pages today or whatever. And they would carve out a couple of hours. And that's something that can help schedule their day out, but also help with their creativity as far as like staying on point, staying on task. Um, I know that I use Zapier for sake of argument in terms of getting content because not everybody sends everything at the same time. I'll get a bio, no picture, or it's like no email address. I'm like, how the hell did you send this? And <laughs> things of that nature. So I think to stay on point, to make sure that I have everything that I need to even start an episode or start an interview, it helps me determine like who's serious because mm -hmm. I'll put in the time to prep for this and have like, you know, informed questions, intellectually curious questions. But, you know, if people don't provide me the information that I need, then it's like, they might not show up. So right. it keeps me on point as far as carving out my time, you mm -hmm. know, real life thing, but also keeping me on point create, create, creatively. So are there any tools or methods that you use to like stay on point creatively that maybe impact both personal and creative life? Well, I've definitely created well, I didn't create, but I've been utilizing the big um, staples calendars that you get for, <laughs> for uh -huh. school and, you know, your office. I've definitely been utilizing those last um, year or so. And I like those because it gives you the opportunity to write more than just your date, um, you know, for appointments or things that you need to get done. So really just being more consistent on my days because it's really easy for me to get mixed up with my days, um, just being caught up in everything. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the New Yorker in me because everything moves so fast. And a lot of times I used to go with the flow and at least I know what Monday through Friday is. And then, you know, I have to go here and I have this after work and like really just staying organized with the calendar system writing down as much as I can. Like my grandma, she writes notes for everything, sticky notes for everything. So I haven't gotten to the sticky note ever yet, <laughs> but I'm taking notes from her and just writing down as much as I can. Because if I don't write it down, I'm going to forget it. 
or I'm not going to take it as seriously. And then what's funny is that the stuff that you don't write down are the stuff that other people take seriously. And they're calling you like, what happened? You were supposed to come. And they're just like, holy shit. That's that's (laughs) one of those instances where, you know, when there's, and I find it's, it's funny where, it's sometimes it's associated with money. It's like, oh, that opportunity. Ooh, I didn't follow up on that email. I meant to send it. It's in drafts or whatever. And um, I find like having some sort of reminder or you, you might like this. I'm the master of the scheduled email. Mm. I will snooze a message because people expect you to respond in their time. And yeah. it's like snooze this to the next day while I'm fresh and I can hit it. And then I'll schedule it for later in the day when they're not as wow. available. <laughs> Okay. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever you need. Sure, here, here you go. (laughs) And to follow up on that, actually, another tool is that I make sure that anything that's like a priority or something that like, if I need to get my message off on how I'm feeling today, I have to do that all before 12 o'clock. Because if I don't do it before 12 o'clock, I get caught up with my day. And No, so at least I have to know by 12 o'clock. So if I have a call at two, I can do it. Other than that, you you put that in play when it came to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, yo, looking forward today. You know, the other day was a little crazy. Weather's cool, though. I was like, all right, I appreciate that. Yes. And that's the thing. I'm trying to be a lot more also um, big on communication because there are some times when I don't feel well. And especially the last couple of years since COVID and everything, I didn't personally have COVID or anything, but you know, I've had a couple of other health issues that's kind of kept me down sometimes. And it was also disappointing to myself because I was like, oh, my God, I let myself down. But I had to realize also, like, I have to prepare and I have to also make sure, you know, I eat well and, you know, be mentally well because all this stuff affects you and anxiety. And like, I'm noticing it's coming a little bit more. So if I know when I'm having a trigger, or I know when I have a lot of stuff coming up, then I feel like I can kind of plan accordingly and, you know, make it work a little bit better. And at least if I say, hey, I wasn't feeling well, but this is what I want to do, you'll forgive me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and thank you for sharing that, because like I've I'll say this. I'm going back up to New York um, in May and I'm going there for this this art thing going up for Future Fair. And I just remember the first time I went up there, like I've never ridden the train by myself at all and i told you beforehand yeah. uh, my partners yeah. so she was just like take this one i was like you haven't lived here in like 25 years you never forget all right so, <laughs> so i get on the train and like i don't understand brooklyn right so yeah. they were like yeah um i was meeting with this artist and they were like yo i'm in um what is it uh bushwick and i'm like okay. yeah I'm, I'm in bed and it's like that's a different place <laughs> oh Oh, word. So I was just like, I'm not getting back on the train because I was like, I feel I feel it being triggering. It's a lot of energy. Um, so I just took an Uber over there and right. she was like, that's kind of not not a short trip. I was like, I don't care. Peace of mind is important. Now, this is where I needed to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the way back, I stayed with my man's in Greenpoint and he was okay. just like, all right. He's like, this is what you do. He told me two trains to take and he was like, get yourself some bagels on the way. And I was like, my man. He's like, the Spider-Man donut place. He's like, you know, go there, get the Spider-Man donuts, and then get a bagel, and you'll be good. He was not wrong. Everything was good. And I was like, all right. And I heard some dude on the train uh, say, uh, 
SMD to someone. <laughs> I'd rather not say that on the mic. And I was like, I just had a New York experience. I was like, yeah, <laughs> go Mets or Yankees or whatever you guys. Yes, either or, either or, you know, go Yankees, but depend, yeah, go Yankees. Yeah, I'm an LA's <laughs> guy. Uh, so, <laughs> so, because yeah, you're Bronx. Uh, with that, I'm going to go into the last question I got. Um, okay. And, you know, just just speak on a bit, you know, being in, and you, I think you touched on this a little bit before we got started, um, but being in, you know, both Philadelphia, which is, you know, kind of in this space of getting a lot of attention, a lot of creatives up there. And usually I'm up there every two weeks. Okay. And, you know, and then being from New York or have you living a majority of your life in, in Brooklyn, I mean, I'm sorry, in Bronx to be specific, um, like, how have both of those, like, places, like, influenced you and your sensibilities creatively? Well, Philly has definitely been a different type of experience. New York continues to inspire me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I turn into a whole different creative animal when I'm in New York. So, like, Philly is kind of like my respite, some place where I can more or less relax. But there are also times where I'm influenced by helicopters and uh there's some things that keep it mighty hood like and you know bike gangs and like there's some things that philly does have its own spice on and it's entertaining you know like today i bought out my camera and i wasn't sure if i was really going to shoot anything but i went down to city hall and uh i was just intrigued by the fact that there were people around and that they repotted, you know, the, the tulips and it made me want to come home. And I did, I came home and I replanted three of my plants. So like in New York, the vibe would have just been different. Like I, I would have been on my fire escape and I can embrace my fire escape. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a, it's definitely an escape, literally and figuratively. But I like the fact now that I'm able to grow just like a plant. You know, I have to, be able to have more space. Sometimes when I'm feeling overcrowded, I need a new home. I need a new space. I need you to transplant. And I feel like that's part of our journey. We can't stay in one space forever or else we become crowded and things just don't work right. So when you do open up your mind and you do, you know, pick up your feet to go somewhere, even if it's just temporarily, I think it's good to give you a different perspective on life because you'll always bring that back with you and then you'll have that little bit of flavor that's great that's great and that's a that's a nice spot to kind of end on the real portion of the podcast and so thank you for that and now it's time to get weird with the rapid fire questions all right so Shoot. i think this is probably the most i've ever asked anyone uh, yeah in over 600 episodes at this point shout out shout out but I'm going to give you the same thing I give everyone. Don't okay. overthink these. You know, it's, you know, just whatever you, whatever's the first thing that comes to your mind. It's like what I said is what I said. All right. So here's the first one. What stimulates you creatively in the lane of music, colors, certain activities? What is something that definitely I need to write? I need to draw. I need to, I need to shoot something. You kind of touched on earlier being in the, seeing the tulips and all. Um, so what is something that definitely you're going to have a creative thought that you're like, I got to get this down. Mm, music is definitely um, a big inspiration. Uh, I bring it everywhere. It calms me down. It revs me up. It brings me to different thoughts and um it also makes me want to create 
like they did. Yeah. Okay. There's another, just for FYI, there's another music question that's going to come up later. I think you're going to be interested in. All right. Uh, Name a place that you would most want to travel next. Grand Canyon. Okay. What was your favorite book growing up? Ooh. Uh, Shel Silverstein, Where the Sidewalk Ends. You know, you know how I've been listening, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, this one is a little, is a little trolly. Uh, crunchy or creamy? <laughs> uh, crunchy. Okay. Uh, no, this is this is going to be great. I've asked this of jazz musicians, and I got some really funny answers. So I'm, I'm going to switch it to modeling. What is the most overused term in photography or modeling? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the most overused term. Look, again with this word, I right, then. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> with nine, nine A's, six yeses. Yes! I, I, I make fun of... That's so ridiculous. I make fun of people when they say spaces, and it, I was like, mm, you, you think you mean something. You think you mean something. There. And I make fun of when people use diaspora. I, I make fun of it a lot. Hmm. I want to troll it. It's like, yeah, my art is about the East Baltimore diaspora. No. You're I want to be that. So I want to be that guy. I'm not, I'm not crazy about people who don't know how to use words correctly. Like, my dad was big on semantics. Yeah. He would, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> um okay here's the next one um what is your favorite time of the day mm, my favorite time of the day i would say is 11 p.m it's a very specific time probably probably sleep probably get ready to go to sleep i hear you i hear you uh, no um that's that borderline i'm still kind of up um mind might be flowing um, I'm probably watching something after the news, you know, finishing Law and Order, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, favorite color? Purple. It's great. And here's the last one. And this is one of my favorite ones because it's it takes you one place, but you think you're going somewhere else. If you were stranded on a desert island that mm -hmm. has a DJ, what's the mm -hmm. one song you're going to request? The one song? Oh, man. I thought you was going to ask an artist or something. See? One song? One, one song. song. I'm going to do my shits. My God. Um, Alicia Keys Falling. That's a good one. That's a good one. Also, New York. Yes. I love Alicia. 2000s, you know. Ah, nostalgia. It's 15. It's a long time ago. Uh, so that's pretty much it for the pod um so one i want to thank you for coming on and spending some time with me and uh two i want to invite and encourage you to share with the listeners where they can check you out your work social media website all of that good stuff the floor is yours awesome thank you guys for taking a moment and checking in with me alana rosa edwards you can find me on ig at world of alana rosa that is also my website world of alana rosa.net or if you want to follow my photography page, it's Rosé Flicks. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Alana Rosa Edwards for coming on to the podcast and um, sharing a bit of time with me. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art and culture in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it.